Rod Polston Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Saban has a 24-hour rule. Mm-hmm. How long is the Justin Thomas celebrate the PGA Championship rule? Yeah, I got a 24-hour rule. Um, yeah, maybe I, I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's <laughs> got to win something first before he figures out his rule. So, um. Man, Justin Thomas getting in on the act a little bit, Love huh? That's so good. He's a bamble guy. Shots fired. I love it. Yeah. That's right, which uh, that uh, late afternoon on Sunday provided some uh, really nice drama at the PGA Championship. That was really cool to watch the playoff. And unfortunate to see the young gentleman um, block the tee shot on 18 with a one-stroke lead to uh, choke up the tournament. I feel bad for him. I hope mentally he can overcome it. It's okay. You're going to get through this, young man. Um, now we haven't talked about this yet. We mentioned it in the first hour, but never really got to it. Pete Thamel dropping bombs as the SEC, um, heads into some, some conference meetings. It sounds like there's at least thoughts or a discussion, Tyler, of perhaps an SEC only postseason tournament. For a national championship? I love it, man. Um, you know, I, I love that Greg Sankey is apparently, according to this story, just so mad that the expanded playoff talks dissolved like they did earlier this year. And he, it's almost like he's saying, all right, you guys don't want to expand the playoffs? We'll have our own expanded playoff, and we'll just keep it in the SEC. He swings the biggest stick right now. I mean, don't you think that he's the most – is he the most powerful guy? in collegiate athletics right now, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. I mean, he could throw around something like this, and it, it, it means something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and it's not just – I mean, it's because of how good the teams in the SEC have become and how many championships they've won recently. Um, I believe that it's just posturing. Uh, maybe they feel like they – they would do it if if actual push came to shove and they didn't they hated what was going on with the rest of the landscape of of college football that maybe they'd go at it alone but i you'd be really hard pressed to to call it a national championship if like ohio state or clemson or whoever wasn't in it I, I would prefer to see the rest of college football involved, but I, you know, it's hey, <laughs> the other side can't call it a national championship either if right. you don't have Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma in there. Well, there's a thought that if you were to if you were to do this, you would try to play the winner of the Big Ten or you know whoever maybe the the alliance would have their own you know college football playoff and then you would play the winner of the alliance the winner of the SEC would I, it's just it's just a thought there's there's a long way to go on it but Greg Sankey and the SEC they're in the catbird seat 
And as you sit here today and you see and hear the things that the SEC, you know, might look to do, how nervous do you think that we would be right now sitting here if the SEC doesn't add Oklahoma and Texas, but instead they add, I don't know, let's say Clemson and Florida State. Like, there is a real security right now with OU football being in the SEC that if you were kind of on the outside looking in, I, we may be pretty nervous around here. Yeah. No, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I I think that, um, yeah, being able to, to feel like you're in that group is definitely reassuring. Uh, the Big 12 has has not felt strong at all for a long time. Frankly, I've you know talked about it a lot that I feel like it's made Oklahoma a worse football team over the years than a better football team. Um, we will, I think, we will rise to the occasion in the SEC, and we need to be with the best. That's where we belong, and it's going to bring the bring the best out of us. So. Yeah, I feel like the Big 12 is weighing us down. And, yeah, if we didn't have that that uh, announcement last summer, knowing that we were in, like, who knows when they were going to announce that. Like, maybe we still wouldn't know, and we'd be really nervous right now, even though that behind the scenes, Joe C. would have already been pulling the strings to make it happen. Yeah. But yeah. wild. What, one of uh, the, the thing I thought was maybe the most interesting, though, is, you know, looking into how they're going to do the schedule models. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, we talk pods all the time, we talk divisions. In this story, and, and I'm guessing that Pete Thamel is getting information directly from the SEC office on this one. I, I, that's what I'm going to guess. It says, there will be discussions about both pods and divisions, but those don't appear to have much traction as the other two models right now. So this is kind of leading us to believe that the pods and the divisions, those are kind of afterthoughts right now compared to the 1 and 7 model and the 3 and 6 model. Now, I'll tell you what the 1 and 7 model is. The 1 and 7 model is most likely if you stick with 8 league games, which is what the SEC does right now. 8 conference games, 4 non-con games. If you stick with that, then basically OU would have one team on the schedule that they would play every single year. Going to go ahead and guess that that would be Texas, right? So you would lock in to play Texas every single year, but the other seven teams would be pretty random from a, on a year-in, year-out basis. You wouldn't have any other crossover games or anything. You play Texas, and then it's kind of random from year to year, and they would try yeah. to make it to where you would see all of the conference in like a four- or five-year like little time scale. You right. like that one? No, I hate that one. And I'll tell you why. You know, I read Pete Thamel's article, and in it, Sankey says that we need more. Um, we need more guys going through campus, saying that it, what Georgia and A and M have only played once in a decade yeah, or something and like that. Not a college station yet. Yeah, they they've been in the league right. since twenty twelve, and it's they got to be better at that. Well, dude, you're the commissioner. Schedule better games. That's on you guys to do that. And it would be no different with this one and seven. You're still in charge of the scheduling. So if you refuse to make those games happen, then you refuse to make them happen. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't understand that, that logic. I guess the theory is if you scrap the divisions, you'd be able to have more accessibility to make some games like that happen. But... 
my goodness, just make that game happen if it hasn't happened before. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like I, I just – I know it sounds good on paper, but I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to go right back to where Georgia and Alabama don't have to play the tough games on the road. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. In this article, they say more Texas-Alabama and less Georgia-Kentucky, which I'm like, what, you guys think Texas-Alabama is going to be yeah. competitive? Georgia-Kentucky will be Kentucky more Kentucky stomp a mud hole in <laughs> Texas right now. Yeah, they would. So there's that one, and then the, the like other. Unnecessary shots fired at the University of Kentucky I right know. There. They've Sorry. been far more, far better than Texas <laughs> in the past decade. It hasn't even been close, man. Uh, basketball school. Mark Stoops getting it done up there. The other model is if the league were to go to a nine-game uh, format, which Nick Saban has been wanting for a while, so got to guess at some point that's probably going to happen. You go a three-and-six model. So you play three teams. So – Oh, you might play Texas, Arkansas, and Missouri every single year, and then the six change every single year kind of feels like a, a pod, basically, but not as restrictive, yeah. whatever that means. I guess it's – I think my my understanding of it, of how it's not a pod, is like OU's three games that they may play every year is uh, Texas, Arkansas, Missouri. But Missouri's three games – may not necessarily be uh, OU, Texas, sense. and Arkansas. I got you. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like each team individually has their guaranteed three games that they play every year, and, it, and it's it's like you're not all linked together. So uh, that was my understanding of it, and I guess I like that. I mean, sure, that's fine. Again, it all sounds good if they do the scheduling evenly like they've refused to do in the past. That's that's the main kicker here. That's why I like the pod system, because if you do the pods, you can make it very straightforward about who your pods are and how the crossover games work. It's all already scheduled out. Four years, the schedule is made. You know exactly what's happening. But I think that's that's why they're resistant to that, is they want flexibility. Why do they want flexibility? Because they want to ensure that the top teams have the, the 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 best chance to make it through to win a national championship. Now, maybe that changes if you have a self-contained SEC tournament and and you really don't have to worry about that whenever you're trying to make a selection of a four-team playoff now. Uh, maybe that changes, but I don't know. I, I If they've wanted those games, they could have scheduled them all along. Sure. The eight or nine conference games did a big bit a big deal in the SEC for a while. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the playoff stays at four. They're only going to play eight conference games. If the playoff expands, they'll move to nine. I feel like it's that that simple. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I um, I like the fact that this is a narrative and everyone's at least talking about it. And I don't know if that makes. The other side dig in in the alliance a little bit more, or if that makes them say, "Hey, uh, maybe we should reconsider this a little bit and 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 make sure that this is what we want to do before we we get left behind and all of the TV money goes over there to you know Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, those teams that are going to be playing, you know, because if you if you don't join and the SEC actually does do it, you may be left with an Ohio State-Utah National Championship game that 
just isn't going to generate anywhere near the ratings as a an Alabama, Oklahoma, or a Georgia, Texas, or a Georgia LSU, or whatever it might be. I think next week is going to be a very interesting week with a whole lot of news coming out of it because that is when SEC officials meet in Destin for their annual uh, meetings. Now, I've been to Destin a few times. I, I feel like most of it's going to be sitting back and drinking out of a pineapple on the beach, but I do think that there will be some things, some very newsworthy things that's going to come out of Destin next week. Yeah. Which it makes me laugh that the SEC meetings are in Destin because uh, it feels like the entire state of Mississippi, most of the state of Louisiana, and a lot of the state of Alabama goes to Destin on vacation. They call it the Redneck Riviera of the uh, South down there. <laughs> so it just kind of fits. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, hey, I think, um, I think if anything, maybe nothing comes out of this week except for here's what we're thinking about. And just that is enough to apply pressure to the rest of the college football world to say we better – we better figure something out because, you know, I still feel like the other side of this is that, you know, if the SEC is going to decide to go off and do it on their own, they're going to set their own rules. They're going to separate from the NCAA as well. And whenever that happens, like the Pac-12 grant of rights is up in two years. Um, the ACC's is a debacle, but like, I don't know that, the SEC necessarily is is done gathering the top teams from the country. Yeah, I, you know? I, I've thought that for a while now. I've thought it. I know we, we, we talked about that when all the realignment stuff was going down, but you know, whenever something like this is happening, there's going to be some pressure for some schools out there to, to not get left behind and want to be in that tournament if that's where the real money is going to be because uh, the ESPN is going to have the exclusive rights. Uh, what is that? Was that starting in twenty five? I believe uh, for the SEC moving forward. So big money. Yeah. Text line: Pineapple drink is a code for swinger. <laughs> is that accurate? I did not. Well, know yeah. That. Well, there you go. That's exact. That's exactly it. That's why they're uh, sipping the pineapple drinks on the beach, uh, going out the. Putting out the flag. A lot of people wanting to know if OU and Texas will have representation at the SEC meetings. I honestly don't know. Don't, do you think you have to be a, an official member to have representation there? Um, yes. I don't think they will be there. But I think they will be kept in the loop yeah, as to yeah. what exactly is going they'll, on. They'll, they'll know what's going on there. I've been to maybe the, they'll have a proxy, um, maybe like Ruben had in what is it? Along came Polly. Yes, I'm Ruben's proxy. Someone says I've been to the Redneck Riviera many times. Lots of drinking. That is accurate. Uh, from the nine one eight, I'm fine with either model as long as they make Texas and Texas A and M have to play each other. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. I, we'll have a. It's we'll, like whenever I can remember whenever we were little kids. And my brother, sister, and I would be fighting with one another and, like, chasing each other and hitting and screaming. My dad would get us all together in a circle and duct tape us together to where we had to uh, had to stand that. right there 
face to face with one another until we got along. <laughs> hey, I love that That's method of parenting. Texas and but uh, he would be in prison right now if he tried to do that in 2022. Probably. Just canceled online. Which at the time, he probably would have accepted a six-month stint in the slammer to get away from the kids. (laughs) No doubt. God, I can't imagine. (sighs) Anything else on the text line? Yeah, we we, we got a ton. We'll have to hit it next segment, though. Okay. Let's hit a quick timeout. Hanging out FSBO Homes. You can check them out online, fsbohomes.com, 405-594-7911. You can list it yourself. They're going to help you photograph it get it set up online to where people can find it really easily uh, and do a, a basically a virtual walkthrough of your home. They're going to make sure you have the price set right by getting a, a good appraisal up front. They've got attorneys on the back end to walk you through the contract phase, and you can save up to 6% on agent fees whenever you do it alone and go through fsbohomes.com. Really, really good product they've got here. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Beats and Bites is back this summer at Riverwind. Don't miss Night Ranger. And Starship. Plus all your favorite food trucks. Tickets are just $5 at riverone.com or the box office. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at oecfiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. At Landers, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people doing what they do best, making things happen for those that need it most. The kind of people that are true game changers. And we're all about giving you more. More money for your used vehicle, even if you don't buy from us. Plus, the Landers Tire Event is going on now. Landers Chevrolet of Norman is driven to serve. Shop LandersChevroletNorman.com today. Find new roads. The OU Coaches Caravan is back, and we are coming to a city near you. Don't miss your chance to join Coach Venables, Coach Baranchek, and others for a night of food, fun, and Sooner magic. This year's stops include Tulsa, Amarillo, Duncan, Houston, Dallas, Wichita, and Oklahoma City. Our first event starts on April 28th, so register today. For more information on the Coach's Caravan or to sign up for an event, please visit Soonersports.com slash caravan. Boomer Sooner. With custom signs and graphics from Fast Signs, you can say anything. Invite the world to discover that thing that makes your business unmistakably yours. Make your statement in lights or metal, on a van, across the windows. Make it unforgettable. Together, anything is possible. Bright ideas, brilliantly executed, can turn the mundane into the marvelous. Transforming your space begins at our place. Power your business visibility and make your statement with Fast Signs. Visit fastsigns.com. Preparation makes all the difference on the playing field 
and in life. At McFarland Methodist Church, we believe that a strong faith is a great preparation for the ups and downs of life, and we have lots of ways to practice and strengthen our faith. Come be a part of a midweek Bible study or community service event, or join us for traditional or modern worship on Sunday morning. You're always welcome at McFarland, where we're changing lives that change the world. Learn more on our website at mcfarlandumc.org or call us at 321-3484. Hi, this is Lisa Talley, broker and owner of Aria Real Estate Group. Aria Real Estate Group is Norman's premier full-service commercial and residential real estate brokerage and leasing and management firm. With our team of real estate agents, specialized property managers, and in-house maintenance team, Aria is here for you in every capacity. Whether you're a seller, a buyer, an investor, or a renter, we can help. Please explore our website at ariagroupok.com. Aria Real Estate Group, the gold standard of real estate. Weather can take a toll on your fence. The name to know is Oklahoma's premier fence company, Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos specializes in residential and commercial fencing in the OKC metro area. From chain link to vinyl fence, wood fence to railings, and specialty fences, Van Hoos does it all. And more importantly, they do it right the first time. Call Van Hoos Fence right now, 405-735-1167. Or visit vhfence.com. Van Hoos Fence. Their perfection is your protection. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma. Can help take the ease off of your staff at fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048, Tulsa. 918-282-7612 or cavensconstruction.com. Uh, we got a ranking here. 24-7 sports of the 20 best quarterbacks in college football this year. Finally, someone putting some respect on Dylan Gabriel's name. We saw a list from On3 a few weeks ago where they didn't even have him in the top 10. Like He wasn't even a top 10 transfer quarterback this year. Uh, right. this, this guy, Brad Crawford, thinks that uh, Dylan Gabriel – will be the fourth-best quarterback in college football behind Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams. Now, I do disagree with Caleb Williams being at number three, but this is by far and away the highest ranking I've seen from Dylan Gabriel, so I'm actually not going to complain about this one too much. Though, Caleb Williams won't be three. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Isn't it crazy how one guy – can have Dylan Gabriel listed in what'd you say that he was number four number four yes the fourth best uh, quarterback coming up for the season and yet someone else doesn't even have him in the top 10 not top 10 quarterbacks just top 10 transfers from this year at quarterback how amazing is that the the discrepancy between opinions that it should not be that wide yeah um surely for their sake I'm just hoping that on three forgot that Dylan Gabriel was a transfer but regardless that's even unacceptable that you forget that Dylan Gabriel who's gonna be quarterbacking at OU this year uh you forgot about him entirely regardless it was a bad list this one is much better yeah Bryce Young at one CJ Stroud at two Caleb Williams at three Dylan Gabriel at four KJ Jefferson at Arkansas is number five you got Rattler down at number eight. Quinn Ewers at 18. Oh, my gosh, that's the lowest rating ever for Quinn Ewers. 
this actually is one of the better lists I've seen for for best quarterbacks in in the sport this year. The thing is, there is outside of uh, Dylan Gabriel at four and Quinn Ewers all the way back at eighteen, there is no representation whatsoever for the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean it's actually realistic though. You know what I'm saying? It's um, right. You shouldn't have Quinn Ewers. I. It, where a lot of people have him ranked right now. The dude hasn't done anything yet. Maybe he's going to be great, but you just you have no clue. You can't rank him up there. Nothing has happened. Um, I think that uh, – is Dylan Gabriel too high? Um, judging by the other quarterbacks that are below him, um, I, I, I think he's just as good, if not better, than K.J. Jefferson. Same thing with Hendon Hooker. Same thing with Grayson McCall at Coastal. Like if Spencer Rattler, Teddy, is legitimately the number eight quarterback this year, then yes, I think Dylan Gabriel can have a claim to number four. See, I think I think Hendon Hooker should be way higher than where he's ranked. Um, I think Tennessee's going to have a really good offense. Thirty-one touchdowns, three interceptions last year for him. Um, I think he's going to have an even better year. Um, I, am I missing something? I feel like KJ Jefferson's too high at five. I do too. Like he's got he's got some good ability, and he's a big kid. He's got some some good running ability, but I don't know. I, I feel like he's a little bit behind as a passer. Yeah, I do too, and I think we're going to be proven right on that this year. Um, he is a good player, but with that schedule that they have, man. We're going to be looking at his overall wins, most likely, to determine how good of a player he really is. And Arkansas' schedule so tough, they can be good and only be a 7-5 and five team, and we're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we had K.J. Jefferson way, it was way too high. Like, yeah. if Arkansas is going to exceed expectations and win nine games or even ten, it's going to have to be because K.J. Jefferson was the second-best quarterback in the SEC this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, but back to your original question – it, it determines it. it, it uh, how do you rank it? Like, if you're just ranking it, like who I'm, who I think is going to have the best seasons this year by a quarterback, and if I'm projecting what Dylan Gabriel is going to look like in this OU offense, I think four is very fair. I've said it before, man. Yeah. I, I think C.J. Stroud is one. Uh, Bryce Young is one B, and I think it's a pretty open gap outside those two guys. I definitely think Dylan Gabriel can be the third best quarterback in the sport this year. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think he's going to put up some really nice numbers. Um, I'll tell you one that I think is not ranked high enough is Cam Rising at thirteen at Utah. Yeah, I think he's super super solid. Um, they play a little bit different style, which maybe has his numbers where they're not as. Uh, jaw-dropping as some of the other guys that are high on the list, like the NC State and Wake Forest kid and Grayson McCall with the uh, uh, Coastal Carolina. Um, and I'll tell you who's not on this list, but I guarantee is going to be, that's the Baylor kid. It's, they're going to be a real issue if he's on this list. Um, if he's like a top 10 quarterback in college football this year, Baylor's going to be – if he's a top 10 quarterback, I will um, recognize Baylor as a legit, legit college football playoff contender. How about that? 
I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And I don't know a whole lot about him. All I know is that late in the year, whenever uh, Bo Hannon had some injury issues and he went in, he was freaking nails, right? And good enough that during spring in a competition, they told the guy that won the Big 12 for him last year to take a hike and go find a place to transfer. We've already made our decision. Like It wasn't even close. That's scary. I mean, let's see the numbers. Shapin last year, he didn't throw a bunch of passes. He threw 86 passes, but he completed 72% of them, Tyler, and five touchdowns, no interceptions, and had a really, really nice game late in the year um, against a, a really good Oklahoma State team whenever he was <laughs> – Oklahoma State, one of the best defenses in the country last year. Yeah. He – 23 lit of 28 up, for three touchdowns. Ran in there and lit him up. No, no doubt. So I think you got to root for him not to be on uh, any sort of list like this at the end of the year because Baylor going to be a real problem. I think they're going to be a problem anyway, but they're really going to be a problem if they have good uh, QB play. Um, Jackson yep. Dart is 19. Jackson Dart may not even be the starting quarterback at Ole Miss next season. That's yeah. still very much up in the air. So that one confuses me a little bit. Yep. I, I know that he's got a lot of a lot of potential. A lot of people really like him. Big kid, athletic, uh, super competitive. I think he's got a really high ceiling, but the Altmaier kid isn't just uh, laying down without a fight. So, yeah, we'll see. See, see these are if, if Quinn Ewers is the 18th best quarterback in college football, then I think we're going to be talking about a Texas team that is better, but not a Texas team that, you know, ESPN, FPI predicts is going to win the Big 12 or anything. Quinn Ewers is going to have to be like a top eight quarterback, I think. Maybe even better than that for for Texas to win it all. Um, For OSU, no sign at all of Spencer Sanders. If Spencer Sanders does not elevate, if he's got to elevate into this group, I think for them to replicate any kind of success they had last year. If he's average, I think they'll be very average this year. But, you know, it's pretty telling, though, and and I, I agree with the assessment. And, you know, he is he – was, he was what they needed whenever they had an elite defense, best defense in program history. He was, he was fine. They took it out of his hands. They were conservative offensively. He didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot. If they don't have – and I don't think they they will, but if they don't play that level of defense next year, they're going to be asking more of him, and when they ask more of him, you're going to get some plays, yes, but you're also going to get turnovers. Well, look what happened in the Big 12 championship game last year. They had to ask him to make plays because Blake Chapin was lighting up their defense last year. Baylor got off to that big lead, and I don't think there were very many games last year where OSU was playing at that type of deficit, especially on in the first half. They asked Spencer Sanders to maybe get outside his comfort zone a little bit, and did, didn't he end up throwing like four interceptions in the game? He had a terrible did Big he 12. Really? Yeah, Isn't he had a terrible bad? Big 12 championship game. Now they still almost won the football game, so give him credit for that. But I think he threw like four picks. Let's see here. He threw for two fifty-seven. Uh, he was thirty-one of forty-six for two fifty-seven and four interceptions. That's what I thought. Whoo. He had to throw it nearly 50 times. So, yeah. 
I guess that's your point, right? Um, they were down 21-3 and start had to start trying to claw their way back, and he turned the football over. That's that's what you get with him, man. Whenever he has to open it up, he's going to turn it over. Hmm. Man. But he did lead the big comeback in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, you got to give him that. He did, right. he did play really well in that game against a good defense. So he's not totally incapable. He's just not very consistent, man. And that's kind of the maddening thing is four picks in the Big 12 championship cost you the game, and then he turns around in the Fiesta Bowl and plays lights out from what I remember. Now, you're happy that he played lights out in the Fiesta Bowl, but at the same time it's like, dang, why can't this be a more consistent thing? Why can't it happen? Right. Right. Dang, dude. These stats in this game are crazy. They, let's see, um, Baylor snapped the ball 61 times. Oklahoma State snapped it 87 times in that game. 87 offensive snaps, and they got 16 points. Jeez. That is some high-level Baylor, remember Baylor. that? Remember that awful fake punt that Dave Aranda drew up? Like on their own side of the field and gave OSU a really short field. Yeah, man, that's that's wild. Wow, wow. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye. Next, stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. First of all, quick shout-out to our friends over at Rooftech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the biz over there. Been doing an outstanding job for a long time, tons of experience. you have any roof issues, give them a call, whether it's just uh, uh, fix a leak, fix some flashing, or a full-on roof replacement, give the guys at Rooftech a call. Um, tell me if this is something or nothing. ESPN lost 8 million subscribers in 2021. Something or nothing. Is that like ESPN Plus, just like ESPN.com? I think that's, I think that's from cable. Um, yeah, I mean, 8 million, you lost 8 million subscribers? I think that that's a, a massive thing. Now, I think that people want to watch 22,000 people a day. Yeah, I, I think people that want to watch sports are still finding access to watch it, but yeah, it feels like this has been happening a while for ESPN. They've made significant cuts at the network. It is, it's, it's definitely something and something to watch. Moving forward, to me, Teddy, ESPN has no value, and I'm just talking about to me, but they have no value outside of their live programming when it comes to live games. The studio shows, the totally even, even the website, and all the other stuff that they do, don't care one bit. The live games is the only use I have for ESPN. It's the only time I watch it. 
all of that stuff is an absolute waste of money on their talent. Um, I mean, those shows serve a purpose, and I'm sure a small group of people have it on as background noise. But the amount of money that they're paying those those uh, those people is it's just it's a total waste of money. Yeah, and no one does that anymore. They they either go online, find stuff on Twitter or or whatever, or they uh, they listen to podcasts. Which goes to my next uh, topic: Conan O'Brien, former uh, late night host, just sold his podcast company to Sirius XM for a hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I saw a recent number that there was uh, going to be upwards of two billion dollars in advertising spent on podcasts this year uh it's been growing exponentially that's where people are going if they want opinions on something they're not going to listen to a 30-minute espn show where they debate whether kobe bryant was better than magic johnson that's not what they're going to do they're going to go directly to the podcast of people that talk exactly what they want to hear them talk about and that's what's so amazing about espn is they dump more money than anyone, maybe outside Fox, on their talent. But as much money as they dump on their talent, there is no unique original content ideas. It's the same garbage recycled day after day after day. LeBron, I, it's, it's just the same crap, man. I, I, if you're spending yep. that much, you can't produce original content. It's not that hard. You don't even produce original content. Just please go back to playing the old World Strongest Man contest. Yeah. That's Lift. what I used to watch Good nonstop, list. man. <laughs> nonstop. Um, now, just a couple of things, takeaways from the PGA Championship. Did you see the picture of John Daly at the casino in Tulsa after um, Which one? after round one on Thursday? I, I mean, I, I think I it was at several. the Hard Rock. One of my buddies was there with his wife on, was it Saturday night? And he's like, oh, my gosh, John Daly, we're at the Hard Rock, just walked right past us, and he's heading into the bar. He was there every single <laughs> day this week. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then did you see the video of the two guys, like, totally passed out? I mean, laying, they're laying on the ground, totally passed out, like, Beers next to them, like hats are falling off. They are out. And this lady, and I guess one of them's phone was laying there on the ground. This lady walks up, grabs their phone, and takes a picture of the two guys laying there, sets the phone down, and walks off. It was pretty funny. Well, everyone's got to take a nap when they watch golf, right? Even if you're live at the events. That's right. All right, what do you got? Uh, I actually have one from the PGA Championship as well. Boy, Kirk Street seems like a fun guy. He tweeted out, uh, think the time has come at PGA Tour. Ban the drunk clowns yelling after a tee shot at a major. Was really funny back in 2003. Oh, sorry, Kirk. We would hate to ruin your experience watching at home because someone yells, Bubba Booey! Real loud after Justin Thomas hits a tee shot. Get out of here, man. I got to tell you, I think it's dumb. I agree with him. I wouldn't do it, and I don't think anyone would do it unless they were 12-pack in, but um, it's a bad road to go down when you start banning fans know, uh, from watching the sport. Like You're trying to get more people involved, not less. 
Uh, recruiting news over the weekend, Ashton Cozart, four-star wide receiver from the state of Texas, he decommits. It was a big story last week. He headed up to Oregon for an official visit. He is now committed to the Oregon Ducks. Um, I said it and locked in today. I am not letting this one circumstance change my mind about OU's involvement with the NIL or the way that they are approaching recruiting with committed players. Um, OU's future success will not depend on Ashton Cozart going to OU or Oregon. So no harm, no foul here in my opinion. Plus he's a wide receiver. They'll find one. What's the deal with the uh, with the with the Cozart kid? What's why is he going to Oregon? I guess he has roots in the Pacific Northwest, and I, whether it's fair or not, you always got to think. Well, what was uh, Oregon throwing around up there during his visit to Eugene in terms of NIL stuff? You know what I mean? So, right, decommits from OU, commits to Oregon. Here we are. I'm I'm looking at his page. Uh, he's committed to Oregon and. Oklahoma is listed as zero interest, none. Um, I, Did Brent Venables go I, in there and change that on his profile? I don't know. Um, that's interesting that he's was committed somewhere and all of a sudden has no interest there. Maybe that's true, but um, okay, well, here's the thing. I The Cozart kid may be an incredible wide receiver, and I hope he has – a fantastic career at Oregon. But, and this is not a shot at him, it's not going to matter. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, I got a couple more. First off, everyone has an opinion these days on the Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher situation. Yeah, but sure. thank God we got the opinion of former Florida head coach Steve Spurrier. <laughs> Spurrier, <laughs> Spurrier said, quote, I don't know why he's mad at Saban. Did Saban say something that wasn't true? In quote. Yeah. Man, I see you, coach. Might as well prance on in there, uh, light the fire, and then dump some gas on it and prance back out. Say, see you guys later. Yeah. Uh, wow. Last one I have. Are you in the mood for a good uh, John Madden story? Yeah, sure. So I guess John Madden, this is back in the day. Uh, this was uh, told by, I think it was by Al Michaels, the story was told maybe. But uh, they would always stay at the Ritz in Chicago, I guess. And he would sit in the lobby because he loved to see people and talk to people, talking about John Madden. So a British guy comes up to him and said, look, I live in England but I get tapes of your games, and I just have to say, I so much enjoy you. John was like, wow, pretty cool. Then later, he told his agent, uh, that was an interesting guy who came up to me, but he kind of looked weird with these big glasses. And his agent said, yeah, John, that was uh, Elton John who came up to you and said that. Huh. Wow. <laughs> he had no idea. That's great. Yeah. That's a interesting pair of sunglasses you got on there. It's a nice fella. Watches the uh, the games. That's funny. Uh, probably the only person on the planet at the time who didn't know who Elton John was. That's great. Yeah, uh, gotta the, love it. By the way, we're pretty divided on the text line about the whole uh, yelling. Like some are saying, "I would have yelled boomer every time Abe answer hit a shot." Others are, "Yeah, it's stupid and ridiculous. Get out of here with that." Yeah, I I wouldn't do it. I find it just. A little annoying, but I can get over it. I can get Hit over it. Hit him with the high! Isn't that a popular one? Hit him with the high! Yes. Uh, or at least it used to be. Um, Before he got a liberal on Sirius, Howard Stern. 
the uh, the one I hear routinely is the get in the hole. Oh, okay, yeah. that's that one is a little that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> that, that yeah, okay, I can get behind that one actually. On a par five, yeah. they probably yell that too. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up hour number two next here from FSBO Home. Stay with us. Cavens Construction bringing you our number two of the rush on this Monday, CavensConstruction.com. I did not expect this to be a big deal on the text line, but here we go, yelling after a tee shot. Kendall says, people who say don't yell after tee shots play solitaire and free sell. Uh, this one from the 918 <laughs> says, I paid for my ticket, I'll do me. This one says, agree with Kirk. Got a lot of agree with Kirks on there. I think we're about split 50-50 right down the middle on the on this whole deal. Huh. Okay, here's the thing. I in the heat of a match if you've got a couple of like in the playoff, you've got a couple of golfers that are in a playoff, um they're they're tied there's there's a lot of energy right there surrounding the tee shot and you yell something after the tee shot, I'm fine. But if, you know, some guy that barely has his tour card and is working on an 83 on the day hits a tee shot and you scream get in the hole out of nowhere, that's kind of a bit ridiculous, right? Uh, yes, but it doesn't mean it's not funny, though, at least to That's me. true. That's true. I, 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 I guess I don't have – a problem with it, but sometimes the context of it matters. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still going to laugh regardless, whatever it happens. But uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not the one that watches a whole lot of golf either. In fact, I only watched like a handful of shots yesterday of it. How annoying! Do you think the players even notice it? Oh yeah, of course they do, and I bet they hate it. Well, I, I like John Daly probably doesn't care one way or the other. But the golfers that really take themselves seriously, uh, Phil Mickelson, when he's not losing $40 million in gambling debt, I'm sure Tiger probably gets annoyed at it. I, I bet most of them really hate it. Probably so. I kind of feel like, though, if, you are, if you're in the zone and like you've got a mob of people around that I, th I think that you probably don't notice it very often. Tiger may not hear anything after he's thrown out his own F-bombs after a bad shot. Yeah. Who, hey, who was that that yelled that expletive after Tiger hit his tee shot? Uh, that was Tiger. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right, gotcha. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush is coming up next. Hanging out, FSBO Homes. Check them out online, fsbohomes.com, or give them a call, 405-594-7911. Help them save you money, up to 6% when you sell your house of agent fees you could save if you go with FSBO Homes.